to the Wild Wisdom Podcast with Dr. Patricia Mills. I'm Dr. Patricia. This podcast is for people who want to transform their health, restore their hormones, and reconnect to their body's natural wisdom. Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia. I'm a Canadian medical doctor, published author, internationally recognized researcher, and passionate advocate for your health. Here, we'll explore the intersection between ancient wisdom and cutting-edge science, distilling the essence of true health into practical steps you can take. Wild wisdom is instinctive knowledge in action. Thanks for making this part of your day. So you're curious about the elimination diet or you're even planning on starting one soon and you need to know exactly what you need to do in order to prepare for success, success in getting it done and success in determining what are your food sensitivities. Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia Mills and I'm a medical doctor with a different spin on women's health and today on the Wild Wisdom Show we're going to be covering everything you need to know in order to prepare or an elimination diet so you can identify your food sensitivities and experience success. And if you're joining me live, please feel free to put in your comments. And if you are wanting to join me live, you just have to join my free Facebook group group for women called Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills. And I look forward to seeing you there. So welcome to the Wild Wisdom Show. And let's dive in what are the things you need to do to prepare for success for an elimination diet. So step number one is you have to decide what is the kind of elimination diet that you want to do. And this is important because there's actually many different kinds of elimination diets. For example, there are some, um, you know, some people who have elimination diets where it's the six, uh, six foods elimination diet, where you're eliminating things like uh, corn, coffee, sugar, alcohol, uh, those sorts of things, gluten. And all the way through to what you can describe as a comprehensive elimination diet. And the comprehensive elimination diet, which is the kind of diet that I recommend, um, eliminates uh, many um, known inflammatory foods, foods that are known to cause inflammation in many people who are experiencing food sensitivities, and eliminate the foods that are also causing the food sensitivities to happen in the first place, which are uh, ultra-processed foods that contain um, chemicals and preservatives and emulsifiers that have been shown in research to harm the gut lining and contribute. And when that happens, that can contribute to the formation of food sensitivities, also hidden sugars in these ultra-processed foods, um, too much sugar in the diet, for example, and pesticides, which also have been shown to harm the gut lining. And whenever you harm the lining of the gut um, and the digestive power, undigested food particles can then get into your body and you develop a food sensitivity or food reactions. So in my opinion, you need to do a comprehensive elimination diet, eliminate the foods that are causing the food sensitivities and the ones that you're having food sensitivities to in order to experience long-term success with doing the elimination diet and then results afterwards with ideally even reversing your food sensitivities because that is possible so long as you eliminate the foods that were contributing to these food sensitivities in the first place. And in my book, The Personalized Diet Solution, that's exactly the recommendation and the list of foods to avoid that are provided. So now the next step that you need to do before you even start the elimination diet 
is to choose a time that will support your success. So for example, the elimination diet, um, the elimination phase takes about four weeks minimum. So um, some uh, health practitioners even recommend longer than four weeks, like six weeks. Um, Some people feel so good on the elimination phase where the harmful foods and the food sensitivities are eliminated that they'll even continue the elimination phase for longer than that, even three months. And the idea of that is to allow more time for the gut lining to heal so that when you do reintroduce your foods, you're going to have less chance of having a problem with that food sensitivity. Um, However, at the minimum, you want four weeks. And why? Because it takes about three weeks for your immune um, response to those foods. And that's what is happening with the food sensitivity is that your immune system, um, the part of your body that mounts an attack against foreign invaders is mounting attack using what are called antibodies, which are like circulating molecules that go around and attack anything that look like those foods. And it takes about three weeks for the levels of those antibodies to go down by half. So, um, you know, that that it takes at least three weeks to start seeing any kind of significant improvement in how you're feeling. Now, you might feel better right away, but for some foods, it might take as long as three to four weeks. And you want to notice how good you feel during the elimination phase so that when you start reintroducing foods, you're going to be um, being able to very directly compare how good you feel um, off of the food and then on the food. The other thing to know is you need to take one week for each food. And it's not a food group, but an entire food category has to be broken down. So for example, dairy, you might be not do well with milk, but you do well with cheese. Or maybe you don't do well with milk and cheese, but you do well with a clean, non-sugar, you know, like a Greek uh, yogurt. Um, Maybe you do well, you don't do well on those, but you're okay with ghee, which is just the oil from the dairy. So you have to introduce one of those each week. So you can imagine that it can take a while to reintroduce all these foods. So you probably don't want to be starting this like, you know, two months before Christmas time. Um, a really good time to start this would be in January, for example, um, and at least giving yourself enough time for any kind of holidays or times or trips like you ideally are not traveling when you're doing the elimination diet. So listen, there's never going to be a perfect time to do an elimination diet. And if you go on a one week trip or something, you know, you might end up having to extend the time of your elimination diet. So it's not the end of the world. However, ideally, you plan for success from the beginning. And if you're joining me live, please put in in your name, your first name and where you're joining me from so I can give you a big hello. Hi. So the second step is uh, the third step, sorry, is you want to clean out your pantry and your fridge and get rid of any food that could be tempting for you to eat while you're on the elimination diet. Now, this is tough if you have family members that are not going to be on the same program as you. And what I recommend doing is you have a separate cupboard where you put your foods in there. And uh, they're like your okay foods, your green light foods, right? And you uh, basically don't go in anywhere where there's uh, red light foods. And you may have to have a discussion with your family members where if you have a weakness for, let's say, chocolate, which you'll be eliminating for four weeks or more, 
um, you know, and you just can't not eat them if they're in the house, then having a very loving and kind conversation with them and, and asking them to support you on your journey. So getting your family's support is very important if you're living with other people who are not going to be joining you on this uh, elimination diet experience. The next step is that you want to have recipes and strategies for mealtimes and snacks. So if you're going into this and you have no idea what you're going to be replacing your breakfast cereal and oatmeal with, um, maybe you're used to having um, you know, refined flour bagels or toasts and that kind of thing, and you're trying to discover if maybe gluten is one of your food sensitivities, you really have to um, have access to resources that give you um, options and, and go-tos that you can use so that you're not stuck being hungry. Because if you get hungry, you're going to basically cave and eat foods like your comfort foods that you've been relying on. And the thing is, those comfort foods and those usual go-tos may contain some of the foods that either have been harming your gut or you've been experiencing sensitivity reactions to. So having those resources are key. Again, that's why the Personalized Diet Solution book is so important. It provides you with these recipes and um, strategies in order for you to have experience success. And the recipes are simple and easy to use and uh, very important to have on your elimination diet experience. The next step is that you want to grocery shop strategically. And what I mean by that is, even though it may feel like you've, you're having to let go of a lot of foods that you're used to eating, you'd be surprised how many foods you actually can still eat. So let's go through like a little mini example of this. So unless you're vegetarian or vegan, you can still eat meat, right? And you want to avoid the meat that can be harming to your health, like added hormones and antibiotics. So you want some nice, uh, nicely raised um, beef, pastured pork or poultry, wild caught fish. Um, you want to have some nice um, uh, whole grains that are gluten-free available to you, like quinoa, uh, amaranth, teff, millet some nice basmati rice, which is a whole grain. Um, you want to have a go to the grocery store and buy a variety of vegetables. There's so many vegetables out there like asparagus and broccoli and cauliflower and um, mustard greens and different kinds of lettuces, different kinds of cabbages, different kinds of, um, you know, there's different kinds of fruits even like different kinds of apples. So getting Fuji apples and gala apples and pineapple and you know some um you know some dried fruits but keep those in moderation again because they do have quite a bit of high sugar content but some dates for snacks you want to get some nuts you might want to get some nut butters like seeds like pumpkin seed butter and those sorts of things um get some really nice variety go to your local baker see if they have some gluten-free sourdough breads that you can purchase um, also have some recipes for making some uh, gluten-free breads which again is available in the personalized diet solution and buckwheat, just so you know, is a grain, is a seed that does not contain wheat. So it's a misnomer. So it's a, it's a seed that does not contain wheat. Um, so I have a Facebook user asking me a question saying, uh, is basmati different from long grain rice? Uh, there are different kinds of rices. And it's a really great question because the kind of rice that you want to buy is the kind with the husk removed. So 
You don't want to have brown rice, for example, because that's a white rice with the husk still on and that makes it brown. And sometimes what's damaging our gut health is actually the anti-nutrients in our bodies, the anti-nutrients in our bodies, uh, sorry, the anti-nutrients in the husk in the plants. And when they get into our bodies, they actually harm the lining of the gut. Uh, These anti-nutrients are known by the name of phytic acid, lectins, oxalate, um, saponins. And uh, for example, the Asian culture historically removed the husk off of the rice um, to decrease the content of those harmful anti-nutrients. And yes, they were getting rid of some of the nutrients in the husk, but they weren't getting the gut damage. And then the diet is balanced out with other foods. So you're not just eating white rice, you're eating white rice with, in the Asian cultures, fermented foods like tempeh and miso and vegetables and meats and fish and all of those lovely things. So that's how you get your complement of nutrients. Um, so you don't have to eat your brown rice to get your nutrients. You should remove the husk and have it as your white rice. And in that case, any kind of rice is okay as long as it's white and not the, um, you know, the quick rice. Um, you want the regular whole grain uh, white rice. I have another Facebook user, uh, dates filled with a nut butter is a yummy snack. Wonderful idea. Um, are almond skins lectins is another question by Facebook user. Yes, um, there can be anti-nutrients in the skins of almonds. Some people can tolerate it and other people can't. So the blanched almonds, for example, don't have the skin on them anymore. You can also soak your almonds and take the skin off after about 12 hours of soaking or six to 12 hours of soaking. And that really helps get that skin off. A wonderful uh, questions. Um, So now what we're going to talk about here is we're going to, so now you've shopped strategically. And also another thing that I would say about shopping strategically is that you're eliminating fruit juices and, you know, coffee and wine and all those things. I would recommend having a really wonderful assortment of teas, you know, really delicious teas and restful teas, things that you look forward to. Develop a little bit of a tea connoisseur experience while you're on the elimination diet. And licorice root tea is a sweet tea that is really great if you're experiencing a bit of a sugar craving and you need something sweet um, because sugar is something that we go really low on during elimination diet because it is one of the root causes of our food sensitivities because it does cause problems at the level of the lining of the gut. And then that's when the food can get in and cause havoc in our body. So the next step is you want to get an understanding of how you are doing now using some kind of a list or questionnaire for signs and symptoms. And what we use in um, the personalized diet solution is the whole body health questionnaire. And it's really wonderful because I recommend doing it as a baseline, like before you start. And then during the fourth week of your elimination phase um, to see how good things are and compare. And then you repeat it again once you've been reintroducing foods at certain time points to see how am I doing now? Am I still feeling as good as I did during the fourth week of my elimination phase or not? And when did I start to not feel so great again? Well, you know, because sometimes you reintroduce a food and it kind of slowly creeps up on you again is causing a problem. And um, that's really important because I'm amazed sometimes at how sometimes people do this 
elimination diet um, uh, and then they go through it and they forget how bad things were when they began which is good. You know, you're feeling so great, you know, everything's going well and you just forget. It's kind of like when women have babies and it's so painful and really uh, an event. And then we kind of forget, you know, how painful it was. And, and, you know, we go and have our other baby. It's the same thing. Our body likes to forget the discomfort and the pain, which is great. It allows us to experience our lives, um, you know, with happiness and joy. But when it comes to, you know, having a reminder of how things were before you were um, doing the elimination diet. I think it's really important to have a tracker for that. And the last point I want to make is that you want to have a weekly tracker ready. Um, again, the, the personalized diet solution has that available for you. And what you want to do is you want to use it and you want to be really consistent. You want to track your foods what you're eating every day, not the amount necessarily, but exactly what you're eating. Everything from spices to salt and ingredients that you're using to flavor. And you want to track your body's and symptoms every day. And yes, that can sound time consuming. However, ideally, you don't do the elimination diet many times in a year. Um, you know, for me, I've done it once very, very, very well. And then after that, I've done it a few times when I really like notice my body not responding to certain foods. And I think back to what have I recently been eating more of or adding in that I don't usually do. And I do like a little mini elimination diet with that food. But if you want to do the elimination diet really, really well at, at different stages of your life, like, you know, how you're doing pre-menopause can change after menopause. A child will be different than when they're in their teenage years and adult years. So there may be different phases in your life when you want to repeat this. But if you do this right, you won't have to repeat this for a very long time to come. So you want to do it right. There's nothing more frustrating than to um, go through the elimination diet and start to feel unwell when you're reintroducing foods and not be able to pinpoint exactly um, you know, why it is that you're not feeling well and what was the food that you reintroduced that started causing the problem. So you definitely want to have something like a weekly tracker um, to help you on that journey. So looking at the comments here, what I want to say is uh, someone joined in and said, um, is a personalized diet solution something we purchase or do we just make one ourselves? The great question, the personalized diet solution is a resource that I am providing. And at the time that you're watching this video, uh, this, this show right now, um, it is about to be released. So we're just in the final phases of doing the beautification and all of those things. Um, and I will be sure to make it available to you. Um, definitely, if you're in my Facebook group, you're going to hear about it. If you're watching this on a different platform like YouTube, please put in the comments that you're interested in receiving it. Um, and I will reach out to you and let you know when it is available. So uh, if there's any more questions, please feel free to put it into the um, comments. And I hope you found this useful. Um, and again, prep, when I was in medical school, we would always say preparation uh, is 80% and execution is 20%. So you want to make sure that you're prepared for success before you get started. Another tip is to do it with a friend. If you, if you have anybody that, you're in, that is also interested in doing the elimination diet, it might be helpful to have that support or do it in a group setting. Like if you have a group that you can join, it can be so helpful to have that resource in place because 
um, it really makes it easier when you're leaning on the willpower of the collective. Oh, I see here there's one more comment. How would you deal with sugar withdrawal? Would you use a tea? Yes. Yeah, so for the sugar withdrawal, I would use things like the licorice root tea. Sometimes a quarter teaspoon of um, raw unpasteurized honey can be so helpful or a tiny dash of maple syrup. Um, it's not so much these, um, you know, the problem with sugar is sometimes we overdo the good sugars like the tea, like the honey and the maple syrup, um, or we overdo the harmful sugars, which are the refined sugars that are really hanging out um, in the uh, in the foods that are processed foods. Um, we're, we're kind of treating ourselves to certain, you know, treats too often. And you're right, when we pull those out of our diet, we go through a withdrawal. So again, sometimes it's not going from 100% to zero, but slowly reducing our amount. Um, maybe you want to slowly reduce that before you start the elimination diet 100%. Um, and again, using something like a little bit of honey, I find honey is so sweet, the raw unpasteurized honey. Um, that it's hard to have a lot of it without feeling a bit like unwell. So um, that's because the natural sugars and everything that it's packaged in, um, our body has a natural mechanism to say, okay, that's enough. Whereas the hidden sugars in the processed foods, it's hidden, it's like hiding in a chemically um, altered state. And we're more likely to overconsume it. A perfect example is um, Coke, Coca-Cola and Pepsi and all of these um, pops. They've shown that the way that it's, um, packaged in the with the carbonation and all of the other um, ingredients, they can put up to, I think it was 13 teaspoons in a cup, you know, it's something like that. It's a crazy amount of sugar that you could not actually consume on its own without being absolutely disgusted and nauseous. But because it's put into this um, ultra processed state, you're having way more of it. So yes, um, you may need to lean on small amounts of these natural sugars as a uh, help. And so um, you're very welcome, Facebook user. I'm so glad you found this helpful. And again, I look forward to seeing you uh, next week for the next episode. Have a wonderful rest of your day, evening, or night. Bye. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, Wild Wisdom with Dr. Patricia Mills. If you like this podcast, please take the time to like and subscribe and please feel free to leave any comments and look below for the contact information if you want to connect with me directly. Thank you and I hope you have a wonderful day, evening or night. Hi everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for a professional care doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for help in your journey, it is important that you seek out a qualified health practitioner. If you would like to work with Dr. Patricia for her expert health transformation guidance, please email her at info at drpatriciamills.com to book a discovery call. You can also find Dr. Patricia on Instagram at Dr. Patricia Mills and Facebook at Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills, MD. For access to all of Dr. Patricia's educational videos and more amazing perks, consider becoming a Patreon member. Links are in the description of this episode. It is important to have an expert in your corner that can help you make the changes you crave, especially when it comes to your health. <laughs>